0: Welcome to Dancing Man, a fabulous Invalid podcast featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creative
2: team of Bob Fosse's Dancing on Broadway. I'm Rob Russo. I'm Jamie Dumont. And we're your hosts. We're also excited to be co-producers of Dancing on Broadway and thrilled to be back in the Rosevale Cocktail Room at Civilian for another conversation with a member of the cast. Yes, and joining us this week is cast member Ida Saki. Born and raised in Dallas, Texas, Dancing marks Ida's
0: Broadway debut, But she's no stranger to the stage and film. Ida came up in the world of competitions. She's danced with the Cedar Lake Contemporary Ballet, and she's been in off-Broadway shows and in
2: films uh, like In the Heights and Cats. A true standout in the show. I cannot wait to talk to Ida. Yes, let's do it. Ida, welcome to the show. So lovely to have you here. So Danson is fully in the swing of things. You opened a couple of weeks ago. You're kind of hopefully in your rhythm. How are you feeling today?
1: Kind of wild. (laughs) I just feel like I'm just always running at a high, high, high frequency. And then like yesterday I was like up and at it, errands, that was our day off. And then just crashed so hard. I think like, you know, it's just so many ups and downs right now and getting used to the schedule. And for me personally, this is a whole new life, new experience being on Broadway. So I'm just like really taking it in bit by bit, lots of laughter and (laughs)
2: High frequencies. (laughs) Whoa. Nothing wrong with any of that. It sounds like you're enjoying it most of all. It sounds like like, above all of that, it sounds like you're having fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, or I hope that you can see it on stage and I'm sure that you can hear it on stage because I'm definitely the screamer of the group that's just (laughs) always screaming. So excited. Maddie loves my, my dressing room roommate and we're both always like, it's a great to do a show. Let's do a show. And we're just always like
2: yelling. What I've noticed is the cast has interactions with each mm-hmm. other in, you know, in every number, right? You're looking at each other. There are moments. But you seem to be the number one cast member that people go to, that have the looks with, that have the, like, I've noticed that. Like, everybody has a moment with you that doesn't seem scripted, right? They, they seem to be in the moment. An inside joke. Mm-hmm. There's a look. There's a, something fun and playful.
1: I'm happy that you see that because for me personally, like that's what keeps the show so fresh and exciting for so long. I I didn't think I wanted to do the Broadway route because I was like eight shows a week doing the same thing every night. Like (laughs) there's no way I can do that. I performed in Sleep No More for a bit and that was my first experience doing that many shows of the same choreography. And because the audience is always different, there were... I I truly did have a different experience every time. And so that was one of my goals in going into this was I never wanted to be bored again. Maddie and I, we always talk about our intention going into the show and it's always different every single night. Part of that is like keeping it real with my castmates. And sometimes it's not a great show. And we'll like have those looks like I've got you. You got me. Okay, let's go. Let's push it. And then there are some days that we're just screaming at each other and laughing and just having the best time of our lives.
0: Yeah, well, we we were in the audience for a couple of previews where um, some folks were out. And your amazing understudies, uh, you know, understudy dancers came in for like the first time in an all dance show. And you could feel in those performances exactly what you were just talking about, right? The like, I got you. Yes. Right? Like, we're going to get through this. And, you know, I mean, we we knew because we're in the know. We know, you know, if if you were just a regular audience member, you would never know that, you know, Gabe was on. And, you know, that was like, you know, he was just a member of the cast, Uh right? It was so seamless. Doing that
1: track for the first time. For the first time. Learned it in like an hour and a half before. (laughs) That's not something that he actually covers. So our understudies are unreal.
0: Yeah. Superstars, superstars. But you, you could see that, that exchange, that energy, that like feeling of like, okay, we're going to do this. And it was really cool to experience.
1: I I actually had just listened to Yanni's podcast with you guys Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the hand slapping section. And you know, I always feel, I feel like everybody's part in that section is difficult because even the coming in, you're like, oh, she's speeding up. Oh God, am I going to catch up? And like, just our spidey senses are so so high. And listening to that and hearing how lonely she felt and how like difficult that part is. I remember Crystal going in the other day and I just like had even just more empathy for her at that moment. And like you could feel everyone was like just locked and loaded into her. And it was like, it's those moments that are so, so, so exciting in the show.
0: And dancing, let's not sleep on this, is your Broadway debut. It is. So (laughs) what did it feel like, you know, I guess for you, I've been dying to ask someone this question, you know, Broadway debut means a lot of things to a lot of people. Right. And what's like the moment in the process that felt like your Broadway debut, right? Cause there's the first preview, there's the dress rehearsal, there's tech, there's opening night. Like mm-hmm. when did you have a moment, or maybe you didn't, that was like, okay, this is happening. This is real. Like this is my debut.
1: It's funny that you say that, because literally every single one of those moments, everyone was coming up to me. It's a Broadway debut. Yeah. I was like, OK, invited dress. This is my Broadway debut. Oh, my God. And then literally the next night, first preview, everyone's like, your Broadway, Broadway debut. <laughs> and I was like, that wasn't yesterday. Like, what? I'm just coming down from yesterday. This yeah. And then opening night, it was the same thing. So yeah. I still, I mean, this whole process is going to be my Broadway debut. So yeah. yeah. It's I'm, not a moment. It's yeah, a, exactly. Uh, exactly. And I'm just... I'm just trying to enjoy it is obviously very, very special, but I have had a career in so many different aspects of dance that for me, it just feels like a really, really cool job that I'm doing. Not necessarily this like end all be all, but this, this show and this experience didn't exist for me five years ago. You know, I, I was at a point numerous times in my career where I was like, I'm not going to dance anymore. I think I've done everything that I want to do. I'm like really satisfied. And now it's time to move on. Like I was studying for the LSAT when I met Nando. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And there, there are moments and there are shows like these that come up out of nowhere and you're just like, oh no, I, I'm i not done. I have to do this with my, with my whole being. You have to be the most passionate in order to to be successful and to do this for a living. And I think, you know, passion goes up and down and there are times when it's down where you're just like, I am busting my ass to do this every single day. And then those are the moments you question it. And then those are always the moments that I'm like, no, this is what I'm I'm like literally put on this planet to do. And I feel it with my, with my being.
0: Well, I feel like there's something to that like ambivalence, ambivalence isn't really the right word, but like that, like love hate, right. Mm -hmm. You know, like some, especially something that's so physical and that demands so much of your body. Mm -hmm. Right. And as the years go by, you know, we all age, right. And it gets harder and harder to, you know, sort of, keep going in something that is so physical. Gwen mm-hmm. Verdon famously said, dancers die twice, right? They die when they mm-hmm. stop dancing and then they die when they actually die. Um, and that's like, just like athletes. It's yeah. dark. <laughs> well, just like athletes, But right? it is and, true. Yeah. Wendy
1: Whalen in that documentary too, she talks a lot about that and you see it. I saw it so clearly in that documentary and that's that was one of the moments for me that I was like, oh no, I I need to keep on dancing. I feel yeah. it so strongly. And, and the pandemic for me was actually that that moment for me that I was like, I need to be on stage. I was doing mm. a lot more film work and I I was doing a lot of teaching, a lot of choreographing and watching these like competitions. I was like, I love these kids, but I was like, move over. I want to be doing what you're doing. I need to be on stage right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what what, what was your audition process like for for dancing?
1: I have a, a really, really good friend that I knew from middle school and high school who has literally, I don't know if he's psychic or what, but like has always told me my next step in my career. Oh, wow. When we were in college, he was like, you're going to leave to do Cedar Lake Contemporary Ballet. And I was like, OK, whatever. And like same whenever I was um, studying for my LSAT, he's like, you need to do sleep no more. that That's your next job. And for me. I was like, I think I'm just going to go more the teaching and choreographing route. I love it. And he's like, dancing is coming to Broadway. (laughs) You're doing it. And I was like, what? Like not in the Broadway world at all. I didn't really even know that it was happening. It had just been posted, wrote my agents. And then the audition came and that was my first in-person audition in a long time. And I was battling with a lot of like insecurities. I was like, I'm out of shape from the pandemic. I, I haven't done jazz dancing in years. And like even really anything technical, I was like, what am I doing here? So nervous. And I was the first person there. And I just remember person by person walking in and being like, oh, they're going to get it. Oh, they're getting it. They're getting it. And like, they're the perfect Fosse dancer. There's the perfect Fosse dancer. And it said in the call, it was like, leave everything that you believe about Fosse out the door. This is like a new thing. Just come as you are. And I remember coming and I watched Corinne doing the movement. And I was like, who is this creature? What is going on? Like and just so full bodied. And I just remember like being in my head and then they asked me to do it with only two other dancers at the end. And like, I couldn't view it as a positive thing. I was like, they hate me, what am I doing here? And then I wanna say it was like a month, maybe a month and a half later, I was about to get on a flight and Lauren Cannon, who's the assistant, she texts me and uh, asks, hey, are you interested and available for a private audition for dancing? I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. Today, yeah. I guess I can do it today. Can you come in in the next hour? Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, let me just, like, move around some stuff, and I'll I'll be there. And she said, okay, great. Dust off your point shoes. And I was like, I'm I'm sorry, what? I already said I was interested and available, so I can't back out of this now. Minor panic attack. Was very honest with her about it. I was like, I don't know about this. And she was like, I, I really believe you can do it. Just trust yourself. Like, we just want to see you as you are. Don't try to be a ballerina. Just... Do you? And I was like, okay, don't try to be a ballerina. Okay, I, I can do this. I can do this. I whip out the only pair of point shoes I had, which were from Cedar Lake, which were like seven, seven years ago or something. Put them on. They're literally ballet shoes. I can't get on them to save my life. They are so soft as can be. And I'm like trying to turn on them and I'm like, these aren't going to work. And I put on a new pair of point shoes and I try and I fall and I like end up in a, a child's pose. And I was like, this is the end of my career. I busted my tailbone. My wrist is broken. My husband's like, oh my God, ignore her, ignore her. Oh, what is happening? My dog's yelling at me. It was just all of this stuff happening. And I was like, well, at this point, all I can do is laugh. And like, I'm clearly not prepared for this at all. So I'm just gonna rip off the band aid. I just remember Corinne just being like, we'll get you there, like stop freaking out, relax. And it was like the first moment that I was actually able to breathe. And I learned part of, uh, it was kind of a combo platter of Ronnie's verse solo, Peter's America solo, and the America solo that I do. They were so encouraging. And there was a moment that my hair fell out and I was like, oh my God, my hair fell out, freaking out. And Wayne was like, amazing, do it with the hair down. And I was like, what is happening? And it was just like the coolest experience ever because I was in this private audition with these like, icons of dance in front of me. And it was so chill. It was so, so welcoming. And they really just wanted to see me be me, which I hadn't felt in a really long time. As a dancer, it's always like, look at the choreographer, do exactly what they're doing. Who are they looking at? Why are they looking at? Can you, can you be more like that dancer to get their attention? And so it felt really special to just be seen as me and just to... To do the thing. And he literally asked me at the end of the audition, he was like, well, you're beautiful. Are you available for the next three months? (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I was like, I can be, I will figure it out. Okay, bye. And I just remember calling my mom, calling my dance teacher, calling my husband, just freaking out. Sorry, that was a long story, you guys. Whoa. No, that's the only cut, cut audition story that.
2: that we've heard quite like that. Oh, oh I'm not cutting any of that. Oh, Are you crazy? Oh,
1: <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, what I didn't tell you, too, was I thought I broke my wrist and so my husband wrapped it around like I looked like I was a boxer and I wore like a Lululemon like thumb cover. Like it was it like I just couldn't help but laugh. Like I was like, this is the most ridiculous audition story I've ever experienced. Yeah. And so... Well, what I heard
2: was a very talented human being who's a very confident person have a moment of loss of all of that, right? (laughs) A a brief moment of a loss of confidence, a belief in their talent, all of that, Mm -hmm. and then picking it up, picking themselves up, going and doing the thing and getting the job. That's what I heard, which I think is a great story because everybody loses confidence. Mm -hmm. Everybody doubts their talent, whatever they do in life. And I think it's important to know that sometimes in the chaos, we can find actually the power and the strength to push Mm -hmm. forward. So thank you for that.
1: I don't even know if they saw it at the audition. Like, I think what you're saying too is so crazy. Is that like, yeah, I might've come in and like, did the thing, but then what was going on internally was the exact
2: opposite. That is, that's what I mean. It's, it's a very, it's a complicated thing. Hearing you say in in an audition, someone can say to you, dance more like that person. That's what they want. That's Mm. what they're looking at. That's a very hard thing to hear and to reckon with. And I, I, I just, that I I was very moved by that hearing that because it's not, that's not easy to hear.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's so special about our show is I feel like every single person is seen for who they are. Mm-hmm. And like bowing with our names in the back, like I, I've i done a lot of shows, but a lot of times like you go and you see a show and the ensemble is like they are killing themselves in doing the thing, but they just kind of blend in or behind behind the storyline. And so it feels like this is, hopefully like a new era too, for dance on Broadway and really seeing the individual, because as you can see in our show, like everyone does everything in the show and they do it very, very well. So
2: yeah. Let's dig into that for a second, because you referenced being a member of Cedar Lake Mm -hmm. and now you're doing eight shows a week in dancing. they're very different experiences. They're very different worlds. What is that like? How, how are they different?
1: Yeah. I always thought Cedar Lake was my dream that that's why I think I kind of was at a reckoning afterwards of whether I even wanted to dance. Cause that ended up being my first job, which was really wild to like, I thought that that was my 10 year goal. And then I got <laughs> it so quickly that after that, I was like, well, what, what else is there? I think what I realized with Cedar Lake, that was really difficult for me was that you are rehearsing maybe 90% of the time and only performing that 10%. Mm. So that was really wild for me to i'm a person that loves the process but i think i really realized that no but i i need the adrenaline and the thrill of performing and the connection with the audience to also like understand and remember why i'm doing this and so then to go into eight shows a week it's now the exact opposite where All I'm doing is thinking about like how to be my best self for performing and that's warming up and cooling down. But it's it's a lot less time of being in the studio. And I I do miss those times, of course, but I I feel I feel more myself when I'm able to perform more consistently.
0: And I I imagine that. You know, with a ballet company, and I'm not as familiar with Cedar Mm -hmm. Lake, which no longer exists, right? It was was shut down. You have like a a repertory, I imagine, Mm -hmm. right? There's a a bank of of dances that you draw from, and that's why there's so much rehearsal, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're not doing them every night. Whereas this, you get to do the same work every night. I imagine it allows you to go a little bit deeper into the pieces themselves as a performer. Has that been your experience? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you just find something different. And I I do feel like I still got that experience with Cedar Lake because mm-hmm. we were still probably running it the same amount of times, just maybe not in front of an audience right, that many times. Right. So we definitely like, I, I love that part of a process is just going deeper into the work and like, what is my pinky toe doing at yeah. this moment? <laughs> like the most like bizarre thing. Yeah. And that's what. Like again Maddie and I in the dressing room every day we're like okay well what are we going to think about this show that's different than last night I'm I'm coming from it from this place today so how is that going to serve my performance
0: It's very clear from what you've shared with us already and from just seeing on stage that you have a background in ballet
1: <sighs> I don't You don't I huh. uh, I was like a competition dancer growing up so honestly for you to say that I'm like whoa but I Again, I'm like, is this a mental health podcast? Because that is what (laughs) I am talking about today. But that's something that I really, really had to like deal with and like talk to myself. I'm like, this is not a ballet solo. It has ballet technique in it, but I have to like come at it from a different point of view or else I get so insecure. And I I know my faults as a ballet dancer because I started quite late. And so even in terms of like development, I... I like don't have the turnout. And so I do a lot of things to don't watch it, (laughs) but like I do a lot of things to like fake the line because I know what the line quote unquote should be. But I, I just was never trained classically. I had a really, really wonderful ballet teacher who, who took me under her wing while I was competitively dancing. And, um, really helped me keep up with the dancers. And so maybe that's part of the, this the is the biggest technique.
0: revelation yeah. Ida, that <laughs> I think we've had in this entire podcast yeah. experience.
1: I was freaking out the day. I think that there was someone else that told me, Oh yeah, there are some New York city ballet dancers out there. And I was like, they're going to blow my cover. <laughs> <And they> know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know what? It's, it's interesting that you have that feeling because what we've learned from some other interviews we've had mm-hmm. and from working on a play we've been developing about Bob in part is that he was incredibly insecure precisely about mm-hmm. his ballet background, right. Mm-hmm. And his technique and his facility with even the terminology, yeah. right. That like, he felt like kind of like, I'm not saying that you feel this way, but no. like kind of like a fraud in yeah. some ways, like so, someday someone's going to catch on that. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know mm-hmm. the terms for these dance yeah. moves because he didn't have, he, uh-huh. he was performing in nightclubs, right. That was yeah. his training, you know? Um, so that, that's really fascinating. Ida. And it's
1: funny cause I had gotten a job fairly recently, right before dancing that I was teaching ballet on a convention. And yeah. I remember like talking to the the director about it and I was like, well, I'm not a ballet dancer, so I don't know like how I can really help you out with this. And Cedar Lake was contemporary ballet. Right. And especially when I joined, we were really leaning into the contemporary and like a lot of numbers, I wouldn't even be pointing my feet. Like it was all like floor work and all this mm-hmm. crazy stuff. But, um, I remember the director being like, well, just think about what you have to offer. And I remember thinking like, I came from this background of competition dance, being scared of ballet and like tightening up and doing all this stuff. So I really had to like come to terms with myself and what do I have to offer as someone who understands and enjoys and loves ballet technique, but also just loves movement in general. And so that was something that I really worked on. And I guess probably helped me get this job now thinking about it because yeah. i i i really had to work on not being afraid of ballet
0: so you mentioned starting late. When did you start dancing?
1: I was about 12 or 13. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. is, that is later. Or, I
0: mean, especially we just talked female. to Carly and she started when she was three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> most dancers do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's so So what, what, what brought you to dance? What, what made you start dancing? Um,
1: just a talent show at my school. I had a bunch of friends that were doing it yeah. and I was like, I want to hang out with my friends more. And I enrolled in the dance studio that was closest to me and very quickly they asked me to audition for company. And I think that they realized that I was a lost cause. And it was the ballet teacher that, that told me years later, she was like, I pulled them to the side and was like, she has potential. You can put her in the back corner. It doesn't matter. Just like put her on company, even if it's just one day a week, that way I can like get my hands on her and really like, really help her. And she, she really did that. And she had the, um, she had the philosophy of letting you do whatever you could and then putting the technique on it. So I wasn't like put into a box. She was like, mm. kick your leg as high as you can, do as many turns as you can, as messy as it is, and then we'll we'll fine tune it. So I think maybe that's why I I might be able to to show it, but I feel insecure because I'm like, oh, I, I never actually got that true base training from the very beginning. Mm. But yeah, she, she was a really, really wonderful lady that helped me out. And then I, I was competitively, competitively dancing for years and my uh, dance teacher got pregnant and she was on maternity leave and asked a teacher from New York, her name's Jess Hendricks to come in and just take over her for, for three to four months. And she came and asked us, she was like, um, in class one day she was like doing a movement and she's like, and this is a little Fosse-esque and everyone was like, okay, whatever. She's like, fosse Esque, and everyone's just still standing there. And she's like, do you guys know who Bob Fosse is? And everyone just kind of stood still. I think maybe there was like one person that raised their hand and she was like, oh, wow, we have a lot of work to do. And that night we had to write an essay about Fosse. The next week it was Jerome Robbins. Like in just every single week I had to write an essay about Cedar Lake. Like it was she was really, really educating us, pulled me and my parents into a meeting, telling it, telling me that I could do this professionally if I wanted And I was like, Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders? Like, that's the only thing that I knew. Nothing against them. But I was like, that's not me. That's not what I do. And she was like, oh, you don't know what professionally dancing is. Like, she was like, audition for Juilliard. I was like, the acting school? What? Like, just (laughs) so lost. So I I really owe her everything. And she was third row for opening. So oh you know, she God. was like proud mama, like we're here, we're doing it.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to the teachers who see you for and real. push you and open doors. Yeah. Right? I for mean, me, it
1: was all just chance. Like the fact that there was that one ballet teacher yeah. that was just like, I think she can do this yeah. and just trusting and believing. And what did one, you think
0: when you were first exposed to Fosse?
1: I mean, I loved, I, for me, It was Gwen Verdon that Mm. like really made me fall in love with him. Like I just will never forget watching her do whatever Lola wants for the first time and being like, what is this? Like I was so mind blown by like her precision and freedom. And still to this day, like I will geek out on videos of her all the time. And that's been one of the like best parts of this process, I think, is like going back and watching all the videos. Like because I think at the time I I was like familiar with Chicago and like the the stereotypical fossy right. of it all, the nets, the like the the precision of it all. And more recently, going back into his like old school stuff, like I remember when I watched Steam Heat for the first time, that was actually during this process that I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like I love that this show shows him in a different light and isn't that the the stereotypical fossy that I think a lot of people believe was the only thing he did.
0: Well, speaking of dancing and all the the fabulous moments in the show, you have a, a handful where you get to really <laughs> pop and shine, as does everyone in the company. You already mentioned one, which I want to dive into, which is "Rally Round the Flag," yep. which is the the ballet, capital B. <laughs> I'm still moment. back on
2: the. I, I don't have mine's formal. Yeah, mine's <laughs> are born today. <laughs> that that whole number is so. Balletic—that's not a word, yeah. but it's so it—it it feels like every move you do is a ballet move.
1: Yeah. Don't look at my supporting leg, <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's for everyone listening to this. Oh my God, no, that's so funny. I think we No, are,
2: i think <laughs> we are. I, what, I'll tell you what the, what blows me away in that number, the circular leaps you do mm. across yeah. the stage. That yeah. you make it look so effortless.
1: <laughs> you guys, that, I can't say how much this means to me because <laughs> I get so nervous about jumping in general yeah. jumps are just not I that's why learning the solo uh, yeah. for me I was like this is all of my vulnerabilities in one solo Thank you Bob well <laughs> literally I'm like who choreographed this <laughs> <laughs> well
0: it, what what strikes me in addition to the the literal rally round the stage <laughs> right is the footwork that mm. you're doing. What's the name of that step? Or is there, or is there even a name the, for it? The, yes. the jumps
1: like this, yes. they're like chanchmas, but they're landing on straight legs. That's the one, the like ballet one one The yeah. one thing I can tell you about ballet yeah. is you plie when you jump, right. bend your legs before and after, and you don't in this. So it was like this wild thing of like, how am I gonna do this? And how am I gonna do it sustainably? And watching the video of Renee doing it in the original America, yeah. That's, that's honestly when I had the full panic was, I was like, I will never look like that. And so I had to do like a bunch of like pep talks with myself and just be like, you are not her. What do you have to offer? And that's what Wayne and Corinne were so wonderful about. Like, yeah. this is now your dance and however you interpret it, like we, we really want to see you come through, which yeah. I, I really appreciate. So,
0: and what, what is sort of your, uh, approach to that moment? Cause it, it kicks off mm-hmm. the America section, which We've talked about with a couple other um, dancers on this podcast is a number that contains a lot of themes and ideas. Mm-hmm. It's not one note, right? Yeah. It's all the notes. It's exploring, you know, patriotism mm-hmm. and nationalism and America and what that means, you know. Mm-hmm. So. This piece, Rally Around the Flag, just from the title alone, and the joyous choreography suggests a more like positive, Mm -hmm. patriotic sort of, you know, approach to thinking about America. What is your sort of impulse when you're doing it?
1: My parents are immigrants from Iran and I, all of my family, extended family is still in Iran. And hearing Mm. them talk about the States and America and what it means to them has really for me fueled this because no matter what is going on in america and we all know there's always something i i just do feel like this immense pride and like my my parents coming over and just i feel like it is kind of this immigrant story at least for me and to to start the whole um piece of choreography in dressed in white like i i feel like this light and then at the end with that beautiful amanda gorman quote about being a beacon of light. It, it feels full circle for me where it feels like it starts out with this like bright eyed view of America and what, what we all think America is in this patriotism. And then we, we do kind of go into like some of the like trials and tribulations a little bit. And then we, we end with this beacon of hope quote, which I, I think is a really beautiful full circle moment. I know it took us a lot of time to like land there. As you guys saw in San Diego, it was a very, very different dance then. It would've just been easy just to be like, okay, it's cut. It's too hard to do at this time in our lives. And he was very much like, I feel like it's a cop-out and I I wanna challenge myself and Bob would do the same thing. And what what are we trying to say about America? And I I do think it is in a way that it is very subjective and everybody can view it in a different way. And everyone has their own, own story behind it. But I know for me, like I, I think about my mom almost every night and especially with everything going on in Iran right now, it feels, I, I feel like a very proud Iranian woman on that stage. And I do think, too. Like Bob was always about the story and Mm -hmm. being an actor. And I think that's what was my obstacle in this solo was how do I view it outside of just the technique? Because the technique is making me freeze up and freak (laughs) out. And like, that's not all I am. That's not all I want to be. And how can, how can I approach this showing myself within this, um, this box of technique?
0: Yeah. And, it, and it's poignant. I mean, as you, just to put a fine point on it, mm-hmm. you know, you're an Iranian American mm-hmm. woman dancing, kicking off the America section. Yeah. Right. And, and I love in Gary Owen, which is a, mm-hmm. another piece is mm-hmm. a trio. It's Manny, Corey and Yanni. Right. Color, Three yeah. people of color. Right. And like, those are all very clear, mm-hmm. intentional choices yeah. that are speaking volumes just
2: in the personnel, let alone mm-hmm. the movement. Um, and we
1: all have our own stories and our own heritage to bring into those Those pieces, which I do think is very important as well.
2: You mentioned that the America section has changed a bit Mm -hmm. since San Diego. One of the things that changed was your costume, (laughs) Uh, which I'm probably going to get this wrong, but in my memory, which the memory is not always, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it was like a ball gown. I mean, it was like (laughs) a, it felt like a beaded, like it felt very heavy. It Uh felt very like, it felt, I mean, it was a beautiful Uh costume, but it didn't, quite seem to fit the moment. And now you're in a like white sheer pantsuit Mm -hmm. that's flowy. And I can only imagine that this current costume only helps you in getting, you know, in doing the number. I mean, it just, it seems to flow with you. Mm -hmm. Has that been your experience?
1: Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Like, there were times that I was caught in that, in the blue chiffon that was like,
2: because <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it just had a mind don't, of its own. Right. You had like a long scarf I was on the back. the Statue or something. of Liberty. Or yeah. that's what I
1: like to believe that I was. It was never told to me that I was, but I, I believed I was either that or an aquamarine superhero, one yeah. or the other. Or both. But yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> She's aquatic. You and know, and yeah. It is all flooding back to me now what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah it really I is. I think I was confusing your, um, I think I was confusing your, sing headdress with uh, because you know you have that great like beaded I think I was confusing now I'm really remembering what that costume was yeah yeah yeah
1: and Reed and Harriet made that so last minute because we got it and it just was not right in any way way shape or form and they were like we have this extra fabric and if I'm not mistaken, it was the fabric that the uh, that Colton, what do you call them, spats? I don't know. The Like the boot things were made of in spring chicken oh, sure. in yeah. San Diego. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure it was made from leftover material of like the first rendition of that. Oh my gosh. And they were like, we're, we're going to make you unitard real quick. Made it in 30 minutes. Like it was just this wild thing. And that's why they're so good at what they do is they were just like, we were given this thing that did not work. And... <laughs> You are about to perform, <laughs> so <laughs> let's make you something. And I just remember us like playing with the chiffon. Uh, like we have a hilarious video of like Reed and I just dancing to it. And they're like, well, it flows. Let's go. And um, it was funny because I remember walking out and Wayne goes, I didn't know you were going to be wrapped in saran wrap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is the moment to also just say again how brilliant Reed and Harry are. Really yeah. are. They really are. They oh, really are. Geniuses. Their costumes are extraordinary. Yeah,
1: and they they talked about it in the podcast with yes. you guys about the suit, the blue suits as yes. well. Like we got these suits thinking that they were great, and then with the tone of the rest of yes. the piece, it, it just didn't work. it was not right. Which yeah, I think yeah. was similar with mine. They were just like <laughs> they essentially had to improvise because, yeah. and the same thing I think happened with Crunchy, where in the workshop we did the the like old school old version of yeah. the song and then we updated it on our way to San Diego but they still had the costumes based the on that like stuff. Yeah. So I was like in a bike tard with leg warmers dancing to like this rock version <laughs> of Crunchy Granola Sweet and I just remember being them being like well this is no longer going to work. I think with all of us knowing what San Diego was and what we ended up with in San Diego, they were able to be much more prepared for yeah, this version, yeah. and you know it was just a wild, wild ride. But yes, I am stuck in my costume, much less with with the white, which is very, very helpful because I don't have to think about that as much. But um, <laughs> and
0: it's your bow costume, right? It's I mean, my bow it's, costume. It's, it's the too, moment yeah. that gets called back to. Right? Yeah. Did you choose so your bow
1: costume? How did that? Um, I'm pretty sure we all got like two to three costumes that we could choose from. And like yeah. mine were ding America. And I may have had one more, maybe like massage parlor or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But I think we all also thought what was going to be the easiest to get into. Oh. Cause we knew it was the end of the night. Yeah, Everyone right? was dying. Like
2: <laughs> We've heard that's the quickest costume change. Yeah. Well, Cause you're in that last it's trio. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So we were all just trying to figure out like, okay, what is the most like logical to get into? Yeah. And
0: that's, That's how amazing. I think we all It's also all very flattering. Too. It's a very flattering oh, costume. Good. Thank yeah. you. Thank, so thank you. Yeah. Well, it it accentuates your legs, right? Which... You have very long legs.
2: <laughs> See, you
1: guys know what to do because well, actually my torso is a lot longer than my legs. Really? So no. so I, I'm always wearing something high-waisted. That is I, I so funny. I love to are trick you, the eye. Are you
2: sure you're the Aidasaki that yeah, performs in dancing? You didn't check your ID when you <laughs> walked in. So. I, I feel like somebody else showed up no, to you this. you guys
1: are just hitting all of my like either insecurities or some things that I like literally try to fool people like Reed That's and Harriet. Terrible. No, anytime they tried to put me in something low, I'm like, yeah. no, it has to be high-waisted or else everyone will find out my secret. <laughs> <All> <laughs> but right. now well, they're all finding it out I on the podcast. Yeah. So. Ooh, we
0: just, we just spoiled it. Um, well you referenced earlier that when you saw the audition, you know, announcement, mm-hmm. you were like, well, I'm not a Fosse dancer. Right? Yeah. Like I'm not the look, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, that they're, that they might be looking for. And it's funny because percussion three mm-hmm. to me is, I said this before on the show is like the distillation of Bob Fosse. Love it's it. just like an yep. explosion of style mm-hmm. and there's a moment and Jamie knows it well because this is the moment when we grab each other <laughs> in the audience where you come in stage left uh-huh. on your toes oh, yeah. with your arms <laughs> yeah. back behind yep. you and you guys do those those pelvic uh-huh. you know, bumps and it's just like well that's Bob Fosse right I mean yep. that's like it is 100% yeah. <laughs> <the> s- <laughs> yes yep. yes and that's probably my favorite number in the entire show.
1: And it's deceivingly hard. Oh, it I looks mean. hard.
0: Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't look but, easy. I mean, no,
0: it looks—I I should say—it looks really cool. Oh, okay, It looks good, really good, cool. Good, good, good. But when you when you start to think about it, you're like, yeah. okay, well, they're on their. Toe, like, how are they isolating that many parts of their body at one time?
1: And because and you guys know Wayne, too. Wayne is like, get the heels up, arch the back. And I'm like such a student for life that I'm like, oh, oh, just like so extreme with everything. And then they're like, OK, now relax and look cool on top of it. I'm like, oh, my
0: God, what are we doing here? No, but that moment. And you know exactly what <laughs> uh, I'm talking cool. about. Yeah. is just, It's really fun. It's stunning. And it's it's funny, too, as an audience experiencing it, And I, I'm sure you hear this from the stage people laugh and I, they're not laughing at you, <laughs> no, I feel right? It. Yeah. They're there. There's like a, there's a chuckle yeah. that sort of breaks across the audience because it's, it's so playful. Uh-huh. Right. And it's, it's like a recognition of like, oh, we're just having fun yeah. here. Right. What is your sort of, cause again, it's, it's also a very abstract mm-hmm. piece in the show. So like, what is your mindset during percussion three?
1: For me, the environment's different every night, but I think yeah. the environment is like the biggest part of it. I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion together that we're like all on a beach hanging out yeah. with our bikinis and we're just like <laughs> sipping a mojito, whatever. And I, I feel like it that helps us have the like cool undertone. But yeah. for me too, it's like always about connection. Like I love spotting Jacob when I go around the corner and my shimmies with Colton, like those are the <laughs> things that like... For me in life in general, that's what I love. And I I love at least my track for that reason where like Crunchy Granola, even if you're like not ready for the show, you are literally launched from that cannon and oh yeah. you have to go. <laughs> and then Ding like provides this like meditation. And I'm just like from that craziness to be able to like get grounded again and then to like ramp up a little bit with Calypso. For me personally, it's like the best way to start the show.
0: Join endeavors. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Act Two. You and Dailise have a little oh moment. Oh my God!
1: Which Dailise and I went to high school together. Not at the same time, but we went to the same high school. I oh my God! Wow! Isn't that so what crazy? a connection!
0: So, many yeah. so yes. you knew of her long before. I mean,
1: who didn't yeah. know of her? <laughs> right. Well, that's true.
0: <laughs> I mean, legend, right? Yeah, I. Mean. I
1: remember not speaking to her for, I think, the first three days of the <laughs> workshop. And then I was like, I have to tell you, I watched your trumpet solo so many times. She's like, and just so sweet. She's yeah. the best. And now it's crazy to, like, call her a friend and see her every day and, like, be joking around together right? and be doing a lesbian love scene together together. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean that those three numbers, those three duets, yeah. I guess you could say. Well, Carly is just singing her face oh off. Oh my god. You know? I mean, it's like <laughs> just it's one of my favorite moments in the show and it's something that like because there are so many mm-hmm. memorable moments in the show, I feel like every time I see it we get to that moment, you know, and it says, join endeavors. I say, Oh yes, (gasps) I forgot about this. I love this. It's so good because it is like, it's, it's kind of the sexiest Mm -hmm. moment of the whole show. Right.
1: I mean, I guess, I guess so. We aren't, we aren't wearing much and (laughs) the lighting is really dim and we're all grinding up on each other. So So, yeah, yeah. I would guess
2: so. (laughs) It qualifies. Yeah. And it does, it does have a bathhouse quality to it. It does. Right. Like I I say that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, there's some cruising that happens Mm -hmm. on stage in addition too. um, no, but what's cool about
0: it is that choreography is lifted from all that jazz mm-hmm. from take off with us. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the film, the three dances are happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the camera, of course, because it's Bob Fosse yeah. keeps cutting away and yeah. it's all different angles and such. But now in dancing, we get to see the whole mm-hmm. piece, you know, each each individual duo, um, which is pretty cool. Were yeah. you familiar with any of that choreography? Before? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I like. You'd studied. (laughs) Yeah. And even before that, like it, it took me, I knew the chair one really well, just cause she's standing on a chair balancing for 700 years. So (laughs) I, I remembered like some of the poses on that. So it's kind of funny that I ended up doing that, that moment, but I definitely remember the sexiness of it. Like even just take off with us alone. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. And then they all start taking off their clothes. <laughs> and Literally then I'm like, taking oh, off. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So, and it was really, really fun because Corinne was really helping like find the transitions mm-hmm. and how, how do we create this as choreography? Because we only have glimpses of yeah. each of these positions. So it was fun just to like be playful about it.
0: One thing that we haven't talked to anyone about and we're excited to talk mm-hmm. to you about because you're the first person we're talking to since we thought of it <laughs> is beat me daddy eight to the bar, Ugh. which is, you know, sort of the last number yeah. of the show before Coda and bows and all that. Mm. Obviously it's an iconic, you know, duo, you've got Tony and Nando, you know, <laughs> dancing their bodies off, but there's also a whole ensemble yeah. dance that's happening behind them, which I keep telling myself every time I see the show, like, okay, this time I'm not going to watch them. I'm going to watch <laughs> what's going on behind. Cause it's, there's so many layers to We're that. We're having number. so
1: much fun too. Like, cause and that's, that too, yeah. Yeah. And Corinne, again, was like so wonderful at, at staging that. Cause what I think she did so brilliantly in staging was it was that trust that I got from that private audition mm. with everyone was, it was like, do your own thing and then we'll kind of, we'll, we'll play and we'll finesse. And I think that's how you get so many different personalities in this show is because we weren't, we weren't stripped down. And I think Yanni even mentioned it in her podcast that it, we all had our parts before we even came. So yeah. we were already seen, we weren't fighting for any attention. And I, I think that it just created like the, the, most like cohesive ensemble and like the most exciting for all of us to just trust one another and know like I can't do what anyone else in the show does as themselves and they can't do what I can do and just coming in as me which is yeah. really cool and I I feel like you can probably see that in Beat Me Daddy
2: well, we want to get you on your way. You have been so gracious with your time. Uh-huh. I do have a couple other questions and I'm I am <laughs> lightning round. Yeah, well, no, it won't be a lightning round, but I am curious. You seem to be the only company member that's not on Instagram. And I'm wondering <laughs> yeah. is there a reason for that? Seems like such a hard I could never not be on Instagram. Oh
1: my god. Well, I as, admire
2: yeah. that, oh, really? Ida. Yeah. yeah. yeah truly. As I
1: just talked about like my anxiety and all that, I just like it, it's not for me personally, yeah. but I do sometimes steal my husband's phone and he's like, "Oh, down a rabbit hole are you?" It's
2: hard, <laughs> so, right? Yeah, not to. Yeah, of course,
1: yeah. of course, but I I love personal connections with people and I find not being on Instagram is really helpful for me with that.
2: Well, that makes, it makes perfect sense. And, <laughs> and I also, I wanted to say this earlier, I don't stop dancing, but I think you'd be a fantastic lawyer. Yeah. I really do. I mean,
1: that, that's like the Iranian <laughs> way. It's like you're an engineer, a doctor or a lawyer. So my parents were like, choose between one of those. And then they were like, oh, okay, you can dance. <laughs> you can dance. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, there's one other thing. I, I want to read this quote because I thought it was so beautiful. You said this, everything that makes you human is in dance everything that makes you human is in dance
1: yeah and I think that's why I keep on coming back to it like it's literally everything encompasses in this art form and I I really can't think of something else that's meditative physical and mental like communal also like internal and external it yeah it feels like everything to me
2: <laughs> it's beautiful oh thank you I, I I fell in love with you when I heard you say that. I thought it was such a beautiful way to to talk about your art and 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 you as a person all wrapped up in one.
1: I do love dance, so I hope you can tell on stage. I love
0: it.
1: <laughs> I feel very very lucky to be doing this.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I think audiences are very lucky to see you and the whole company, Thank right? You. Get to do this because it's uh, several members that we've interviewed have said this. These shows don't come around that often. No right I exactly. mean this is sort of like a once in a generation kind mm-hmm. of thing that you get to do an all dance show and not just an all dance show but Bob Fosse's dance. yeah exactly right? but mean. hopefully
1: this will encourage the like Bob Fosse's of our time to come up with their own show and hopefully 100%. producers will now be able to invest in it because they they see the impact that the show's having okay. I hope for the future
0: all the fingers crossed yeah <laughs> amazing well thank you so much Ida thank you
1: guys this thank was you. a blast thank <laughs> you
0: a dancing man, a dancing man, a dancing man With footsteps on the steps Bob Fosse's Dancing is now on Broadway at the Music Box Theater. For tickets and more information, visit Dance and Man, a Fabulous Invalid podcast, is a production of OM Etc. Cetera and the Fabulous Invalid LLC and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to Civilian for hosting us and to our audio engineer, Kyle Moore. If you liked this episode, we've got over 100 episodes of the Fabulous Invalid podcast that you can check out, including a two-parter on the life, work, and legacy of Bob Fossey and Gwen Verdon. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at Fabulous Invalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.